Welcome to Foster Career Experience, a podcast featuring interviews with people who've had experience with the foster care system about their lives, their career journeys, and their stories of navigating the workplace. We all bring unique histories with us in our jobs, and by understanding each other's experiences, we can make the workplace better for everyone. Today's episode features Kimberly, a millennial who's worked in the service industry for most of her career, but who is considering a new, uplifting career path. I don't know, it's like uh, the booty wiggles, especially on Australian Shepherds, is my favorite thing in the world. My favorite part of the job is to watch the dogs when I'm, you know, walking them to, to... to their owners at the end of the groom and just how happy the dog gets. I just love to see the excitement that the dog gets and then the the happiness of the owners when they see how beautiful their dogs look. That is, I think that right there is my absolute favorite part of the job. Kimberly has been a dog groomer for over a decade and she loves the work that she does. You know, I, I'm, I'm really good at my job. I do love grooming. Um, so I feel like I'm good with animals. You know, at work, I am um, the only person who is willing to take in aggressive dogs because I do. It's going to sound weird, but I, I love the challenge. You know, I love being able to take in this dog and um, work around their aggression and be able to get them finished because not a lot of people are able to. Not a lot of groomers are willing to to groom aggressive dogs, and that's one of my favorite things to do. For the first five years of her life, Kimberly lived with her grandmother. Then at age five, she was placed with a foster family. And from then on, Kimberly changed placements and moved into a new home almost every year until she turned 16. That was the year that she moved in with the family who would eventually adopt her at age 23. I've been in foster care since, well, in this foster home since five um and it was it was fairly traumatic and then I got into this home and they were they treated me like actual parents you know like they were my parents and not just another kid looking to make money off of um when I got into that home I was very shy I was very um respectful as one should be And I remember one of the first things they told me was, look, you are not a teenager unless you start cussing at us. You need to be, you know, we we appreciate that you're respectful and you're polite, but teenagers have to be disrespectful at times. And if there are times where we upset you, you if you want to cuss us out, just do it. And so uh, I've never really had anybody just tell me that. And they they brought me out of my shell. I was very reserved and I didn't like talking to people. I didn't like going out or anything. And they, I, I believe that they made me who I am today. Today, Kimberly is a dog groomer and salon manager where she supervises several people. She cares deeply about them, even if they frustrate her at times. Of course, it, the, the, the same way any manager would, um, I do tend to chime in when there's an, an upset customer. You know, if if that customer is being extremely difficult and extremely rude, I'll have my girls walk away and go to another room while I while I deal with it. Um, I 
buy them food on a weekly basis. Um, I buy cleaning materials. I will help them finish their grooms. I do have a few associates who I, they don't tell me, but I can tell they're not doing too well. So I like to buy food to make sure they're at least eating. When you say not doing well, do you mean like like financial instability? Yes, financially. Um, you, you can kind of tell when somebody comes in and it's just the look in their eyes. When, you know, I have one worker, he will clock out for his lunch and not eat anything sometimes. So I will be like, hey, so-and-so, here's some money. Can you go grab me something? While you're at it, grab something for yourself. So, I mean, I know, I know what it's like to grow up not being able to do things for myself, not being able to eat or, you know, um, good hygiene or anything like that. So I do like to try to make sure that my, my guys and my girls are taken care of. I know how it is to not have what I need to have to live. Most of Kimberly's frustrations about her employees actually stem from her relationship with her supervisor, the store manager. Unfortunately, I have to be the middleman between my boss and them because my boss does like to come in and um, try to undermine me in a lot of ways. Um, and that he does try to take advantage of, of the associates. My associates have told me how they see how much he disrespects me. Yeah. And I do have a, an associate who is like the mother figure. And she comes to me and tells me, you know, the girls don't respect you because your boss doesn't respect you. And so that did kind of make me go in there and unfortunately rip him a new one. Because I did tell him, you know, you know, this company is paying me what I'm being paid to manage a, a, a group of people. And I feel like it's really, you know, why am I getting paid to do nothing? You know, a lot of people would love that. They wouldn't have to manage. All they have to do is go in there and groom. But I feel like if I'm getting paid what I'm getting paid, you need to let me manage my own team and stop. Um, undermining me. And that worked for a day. Kimberly has worked at the salon for about a year. She started as an associate, and then the store manager, who is now her supervisor, recruited her for a management position. He told her that she would be able to choose between two locations with open positions. But he wound up choosing for her and hired Kimberly to work at a specific location without asking for her input. When she started at the new salon, the employees told her to run. The salon had not been able to keep a salon manager since the store manager took over. Kimberly wished she would have left sooner, but now she's considering an alternative to running. She wants to fly. I am going to um, go to flight school to become an airline pilot. I recently went to Spain with my parents and... I just remember looking out and seeing all the different types of clouds and then the I don't I don't know what it was but just the feeling I got when we went through a cloud. I was just very happy. As a pilot, Kimberly would be able to travel and within 2 years, her salary would more than double what it is now. 
I've thought about it off and on for the past couple of months. Then I decided, you know, stop thinking about it and do it. And now that I'm pretty all but accepted, I'm extremely nervous. But that's also, um, I feel like the nervousness, the anxiousness is more of the self-deprecating part of me. Um, I know I can do it, but then there's a little voice in the back of my head that's saying, you'll never make it. Kimberly struggled with school when she was younger. She's grown a lot since then, but it's still intimidating and feels vulnerable to try school again. There was like some kind of mental block with me where I just, I couldn't function well in a classroom. But now as I'm getting older, that's why I dropped out of college twice. Um, And now it's like, I think I dropped out because it wasn't interesting to me. Um, But now that I found this and it's very interesting, it's something that I feel like I can retain the knowledge of it. When we spoke, Kimberly had already bought four aviation books and had called her mom to talk about what she'd learned. What does she want for the future? This is going to sound so very basic, but I just want to be happy. You know, I want to be able to get up and not feel depressed or not feel anxious. I want to be able to, you know, go on with my life and not have to worry. Like right now, it's my day off and I'm worried about what's happening at work. I want to not be able, I want to not have to worry about my job on a daily basis when I'm not at work. Um, I want, I just want happiness. I want to be able to support myself without having to ask for help because I really hate having having to ask for help. I want to get to the point where I can be the one helping instead of needing help. You know, I don't want to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. I feel like I will always have something to work on. Um, This kind of childhood that I had, it will forever, I will forever be traumatized When it comes to certain things, uh, I can work on it and I can, you know, talk myself up about certain things. But no matter how I get through it, even if I get through it, you know, no matter how well off I'm doing, I will always have fears and anxieties about certain situations because of my trauma. None of that is going anywhere. But the next time you look for Kimberly, she may be flying through the clouds. Thanks for listening to this episode. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Sam Heimbach. It was produced by Zachary Webb. Podcast art and website design are by Hannah Finvez of HMF Design. Music is from Soundstripe. This podcast was funded in part by the Baton Savoie Scholarship offered through the Human Dimensions of Organizations Master's Program at the University of Texas at Austin. You can learn more about this episode and others at fostercareerexperience.com. Thank you.